Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Got a quite a bit going on today. Uh, week 15 in the NFL. Uh, I mean, they already kicked off with the clunker that was the Colts-Broncos. But it was the revival of Brock Osweiler. Yeah, right. I mean, it was one game, folks. So, <laughs> I'm... I'm definitely not getting back on board the Osweiler train. That has come and gone. Uh, the Colts have clearly packed it in. They're not going to try anything aggressive on offense uh, at this stage. They're just trying to get through the season. Pagano's gone. I mean, there's just so much going on with the Colts. But uh, regardless, we've got two games coming on up uh, between the Lions and Bears. And then the nightcap being the Chargers and Chiefs. A lot to talk about in those matchups. For starters, with the Lions, they need to win this game convincingly. Jim Caldwell's job has been rumored to be on the line. Even though there are plenty of other coaching candidates, I think, are far more deserving to get fired than Caldwell. Uh, The Lions themselves like I said, are kind of yonstipating. It's the word I always use for that offense. Just nothing uh, all that uh, together interesting about the Lions themselves. Stafford, to me, is about as vanilla of a QB as it gets. I mean, I would still put him above Matt Ryan in terms of tiering rankings of quarterbacks. I had one of the most asinine articles I've ever read in Sports Illustrated saying that they would take Stafford over Russell Wilson. That writer's a clown. I won't even go into details on that article just because I found myself getting dumber reading it. So transcribing it yet again might actually cause me to have a nosebleed just of how stupid it was. I, I just can't believe someone actually got paid to write that nonsense. But... Be that as it may, uh, talk about the Lions offense, you know, I know it's usually revolving around Golden Tate, so Golden Tate would be the obvious play, uh, Marvin Jones gets some looks, but Marvin Jones, you know, honestly is a boomer bust wide receiver, because they don't really run set plays for Marvin Jones, it's a lot of lame-ass ducks that... Uh, Stafford throws up for grabs that defenders could easily pick off that Marvin Jones seems to win those battles. But to me, that's not a healthy way of running an offense. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter feels differently, obviously. But, uh, you know, if you're telling me an offensive player to go with on the Lions, I would say Golden Tate. I mean, the Lions run game's a joke. Amir Abdullah, yeah, he's back, but whoop-de-doo. Uh, there's nothing to write home about him. The Oritic is an undersized back. He's a pass-catching back. He's not a 
three down back. Uh, you know, more than likely he's more liable to get hurt uh, uh, f- trying to finish out the season as a primary lead back than anything else. But, you know, I like him as a pass catching back. It's just, you know, m- he's more along the lines of a Darren Sproles. You, you give him a couple of uh, downs to catch the ball, uh, uh, operate out of backfield, and let him do some blitz pickup, but don't let him keep pound the ball 15, 20 times because you're asking for an injury. So uh, moving on uh, to the sleeper candidate, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I would put Eric Ebron in the sleeper candidate so long as you don't have any other tight end uh, considerations in the top five uh, outside of uh, Gronk, uh, Kelsey, Rudolph, uh, Ertz, obviously. I mean, again, tight end has been such a minefield of a position, but for the most part, Ebron's targets have been going up this year, so... It's a possibility. I'm just not sold on it. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's a sleeper, but don't put too much weight on it. And and from a point standpoint, uh, you could do a lot worse than Matt Prater as a kicker. So, uh, for those of you in uh, the playoffs right now, uh, the name to consider uh, would be Prater if you're trying to stream a kicker and he's still available. He shouldn't be. But, you know, stranger things have happened uh, in uh, fantasy football. So, uh, that's, uh, that's it for the lion side on the bear side. I mean, this is a horror show. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is still on the training wheels as far as I'm concerned with the coach, uh, coaching staff of the bears. They don't let them throw the ball down the field. They don't really let them do too much of anything. Really. They, they allow them to start finally bootlegging. Uh, but to, for the most part, the bears offense is stagnant because of how conservative they run that machine, and, you know, if I am being honest, uh, Jordan Howard has become a bust because of just how conservative the offense is, because everyone knows what's coming. I mean, you even have Tariq Cohen. Uh, teams started figuring him out because the Bears didn't have any inventive ideas of ways to use him. Uh, that's one of the reasons why... John Fox is going to go at the end of the year, most likely, because, you know, there's there's no creativity on this offense. And it could be the offense coordinator, but it's more likely that it's a, it's an impact of John Fox telling them what plays they can and can't run. Because that's typically what John Fox likes. He likes to run the ball. He's very old school. You know, it's kind of like Giants football. You, you know, you pound the ball, you let the defense do the work. As far as the defenses go, start the Lions' defense with confidence, obviously. Trubisky really hasn't shown all that much in terms of uh, being a threat. I mean, he'll dink and dunk, uh, so you'll see catches by the likes of uh, Kendall Wright and... um, Oh, jeez. I'm blanking on... I'm blanking on... uh, couple of Bears wide receivers. Uh, Dontrell Inman. Uh, oh, God. What was this guy's name? Uh, it's it's going to kill me. Eh, you know, I, honestly, it's... Uh, <laughs> it, like I said, it's, it's one of those where, you know, I, I can't necessarily go overboard in terms of, uh, uh, of some of these uh, characters that you're going to be running across because, uh, again, these aren't exactly... 
receivers that you're going to be afraid of. So it's it's not going to cause that much of a difference in terms of the overall output that you see out of the Bears. They're going to think and dunk. They're not going to get in the end zone. I mean, I, I you know I, I see maybe one touchdown, maybe two touchdowns out of the Bears at best. Uh, but I don't see them scoring more than 17 points. The Lions should win this one. Uh, you know, it's only a question of if they cover. Bears defense is good enough. Um, oh, Josh Bellamy. That that was the other receiver. Not <laughs> Again, not that it really matters. Uh, Bears are also down uh, a couple of tight ends. So you got Deion Sims in the mix. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, uh, start to the Lions defense with confidence. Bears defense is pretty good, actually. They've been playing better as of late. And because the Lions can't run the football, uh, you know, the Bears should be able to hang in there. And uh, maybe if they get some turnovers off of Stafford, uh, it might uh, keep things interesting. But, uh, you know, realistically, it's it's going to come down to, uh, in terms of moving the needle, if you've got uh, fancy uh, relevancy involved, it's going to come down to the late night game of Kansas City and the Chargers. You know, realistically, I'm looking at this game and I'm saying to myself that the Chargers should take control of this game and take control of the AFC West. Now, historically, when it comes to these types of situations, the Chargers usually find a way of screwing it up and losing. Uh, you know, I... I you know, it's a road game. It's it's at night. You know, it's not typical hours. I mean, the weather looks like it's actually going to be pretty good in Kansas City, so it's going to be milder temperature. So it's conducive to a San Diego type of game. I'm just it's statistically here. This is where I'm conflicted. Statistically, you know. I should feel really good about this matchup from a fantasy perspective. I got Melvin Gordon. I, I'm also go. I, I've got Melvin Gordon. I'm also going up against Melvin Gordon a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those uh, catch twenty two situations because uh, a big game helps me in some matchups. Big uh, big game also kills me in other matchups. So, you know, my playoff teams start cannibalizing each other. Uh, but you know, say la vie for uh, making the playoffs. But uh, you know, you, you you take the good with the bad. Uh, and, you know, most likely you're going to see Keenan Allen facing off against, uh, I mean, what was Revis Island? I mean, Darrell Revis is uh, on a Chiefs. He seems like he's in shape. They're saying he's good to go. You know, again, I'm not sold on some of these matchups. I think Keenan Allen is a must-start. You gotta roll for him. I think you, you gotta play him in DFS lineups. Uh, if you're playing Saturday lineups and you're playing Saturday and Sunday lineups, I, I think you gotta play uh, Keenan Allen. I just think it's a good matchup. Again, statistically speaking, this should be a good matchup. It's just you know, part of me is is like nagging at my gut, saying that this is a typical situation where the Chargers screw it up and uh, uh, shoot themselves in their own foot. You know, I'm I'm kind of hoping it doesn't happen because that might actually screw screw up my fantasy team because I also got Philip Rivers as my QB in one league. But uh, you know, again, it's it's one of those situations. Like 
I know analytics is telling me that the Chargers should be fine. Another thing telling me that the Chargers can find a way of botching this game royally. So, uh, you know, I, I look at that and I'm saying to myself, you know, Alex Smith isn't a great start against the Chargers defense in that pass rush, but I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm already bracing myself for the eventuality that, uh, you know, Alex Smith has a good game and Kareem Hunt goes off for the first time in month and what, well, what seems like over two months, to be honest, because Kareem Hunt hasn't really gone off uh, since the fifth game uh, of the season, and that's when the Chiefs' tails been happened. So I'm, I'm curious because, like I said, the data says that uh, you know Chargers players you should be high up on Chiefs players you should be down on, but we don't play in the world of uh, analytics and data as much as baseball pretends. Uh, pretend you know, over the long haul, yes, in a one game scenario, not quite. This thing things happen, and I'm just looking at it as a situation where. You could get a big game from the Chiefs, and it ends up being a very bad night for the the Chargers. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm bracing myself for that possibility. I'm kind of hoping it doesn't happen because I don't have any Kareem Hunt exposure in terms of my playoff fantasy teams. Although I, I do have to face off against Kareem Hunt in some leagues. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Like I said. I, I, I'm already bracing myself because I've I've seen this story happen before. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about: you got the Knicks and the return of Carmelo Anthony. Melo's coming back to the Garden, folks. He's coming back. I mean, this is the game people have been waiting for for the Knicks season. At least I have. You know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Melo is going to get applauded. He's going to get cheered when he gets introduced. But at the end of the day, we want to beat his brains in. And it, it will not even have to be close. We just want, it's like, if we would actually have this win than a playoff win. If the Knicks actually made the playoffs, we would still prefer them winning this and winning a playoff game. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, Melo's failures aside, he got everything that he wanted with that trade to Oklahoma City. And the fact that the Thunder are struggling right now and the chance that we could pile on is enticing. Now, of course, you know, with this being the Knicks and all, it's not going to work out for us. It's going to backfire horribly because Porzingis, uh, for all intents and purposes, is going to get held out of this game. Uh, they haven't said the official word yet, but it's almost a guarantee that he's out for tonight's game. And, you know, the way I look at it is that, you know, uh, it's going to be the B squad of the Knicks. You got the Thunder. I didn't Knicks make a game of it. And Melo uh, actually puts out a good effort offensively and plays a little bit of defense. And actually has a decent game against the Knicks and, you know, scores like uh, 25 points and actually grabs some boards. And the, the Thunder... Win, uh, uh, win a game that's close in the beginning and they pull away in the, in the second half. I, you know, that's what I expect to happen. Oh, I would absolutely, absolutely savor a victory over the Thunder. I just don't think it will happen because, again, KP's out. You know, 
as as crazy as it sounds, like the the Knicks desperately desperately need a big game out of the likes of uh, uh, Dougie McBucket, uh, McBuckets, uh, some Doug McDermott, and the space case Michael Beasley. And Beasley in particular needs a big game for the Knicks because Beasley is one of those rare players that doesn't actually realize how bad he is. So in a way that can help you, other times it can completely and utterly backfire on you. But when you're the Knicks in this situation where you got nothing to lose because your star player's out, you actually kind of need someone that has no filter on just knowing what their actual NBA value is in terms of, oh, hey, I'm just going to chuck up this shot and, you know, things are going to work out because, hey, it happens. I mean, there are players like, uh, so J.R. Smith is one of those type of players. Lance Stevenson's definitely one of those types of players. So the Knicks actually need a big game out of uh, Michael Beasley, and they need him to be Michael Beasley. Have absolutely no concept of what he's doing on the court, just kind of throwing up shots. I mean, he can't play a lick of defense, so, I mean, that's never going to change. But they legitimately need him to go all out and do whatever he can to generate offense for this team because the Knicks are going to struggle for buckets tonight. Uh, If they're going to win this game, they're going to need someone to step up and score uh, points. I mean, Cantor is going to play hard. I mean, he's going to play hard against his former team. But they're going to need some perimeter play. And, you know, like I said, McDermott... Beasley got to step it up and figure out a way of getting those points because someone's got to be able to uh, put up uh, uh, at least comp- not by themselves or uh, just uh, collectively. Someone's got to figure out a way of putting up KP's production of 26 points a game uh, and uh, uh, multiple boards because, and assists because someone's got to facilitate the Knicks offense. Someone's got to be uh, the person. I don't expect it to happen, but... You know, it'd be great if it did because, you know, it'd be awesome. I'd I, I kill for a winner, <laughs> uh, that, uh, Mello. I mean, after everything, you know, just the amount of times he played politics, backstabbing Jeremy Lin. I mean, just the, every, every, every single thing <laughs> that you could tie to the Knicks over the last five years. You could tie... Back to Mello, you know, and Mello playing the victim. I mean, yeah, we know Phil's wrong, but Mello had a part to play in that too. So, yeah, am I am I gonna do the applause for Mello out of courtesy? Yes, but do I want the Knicks to be, absolutely beat Oklahoma City's brains in? Oh, you can bet. I, I would actually trade a playoff win in fantasy football for the Knicks to actually beat the Thunder tonight. That that's how much I would rather have uh that win because <laughs> i mean i can win i can win champions of fantasy football i would rather get get that moment of like the first return trip to mellow just for him to be salty about it because you know if he loses oh god it would be glorious because he would legitimately get salty about it he won't say anything to the media but then he's going to start shading his uh oklahoma city teammates and then you know that's going to start a beef with frost and paul george Oh, it, it, oh, I don't know why I keep talking about it because, you know, it's the very unlikely scenario of happening. But if it actually did, and if he didn't have that great of a game, oh, it would just be so great. Oh, yeah, 
like I said, this is what I really want to talk about today. I didn't even want to talk about the NFL. I just wanted to, like a little bit of uh, hyping on the NBA and just hoping that uh, uh, Mel loses. But uh, you know, in terms of other fancy things that happened in the NBA this week, uh, you know, because I haven't really touched upon it since uh, I was recovering from that uh, my little rib injury uh, for a while, so it was a bit hard to do the podcast. But anyway, um, a couple of things to want to talk about was that you know the return of Kawhi Leonard to the Spurs. You know, if you drafted Kawhi Leonard, you're Basically, you were basically sunk uh, this year for the most part because Kawhi was out for such an extended period of time of a first-round draft pick. I mean, it's basically you, you were done for a couple of uh, months unless you made a trade, uh, thinking that uh, uh, you know it's going to be a, a lot worse. Uh, but uh, you know, it's kind of hard to even anticipate that because the Spurs were so. So uh, withdrawn about giving any details on what uh, Kawhi's status was. So you always kind of thinking that he was going to be back uh, before uh, November. And yeah, we're in the middle of December. Uh, I mean, again, it, it it just, that injury dragged on from six weeks to well over two months into the season. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, uh, frustrating if you're a Kawhi Leonard fantasy owner because now you're Basically started from scratch and hoping that he can, you know, turn it turn it on the dime, which I doubt. I, I think this is just one of those where uh, you try to salvage what value you can and then kind of move on from there. So uh, there's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there's the story that has been the one constant in the NBA this year, and that's uh, you know I, I wouldn't even guess it, but it's Victor Oladipo. I mean, Victor Oladipo, everyone was killing the Pacers for that trade. I killed the Pacers for that trade because, you know, on paper, it was an idiotic trade to, uh, to give up that uh, that little, uh, I mean, to give up Paul George for that little return. And Victor Oladipo is going to be an NBA All-Star this year. I mean, he, he's whatever it is about being back in Indiana where he uh, played uh, for the Hoosiers in college, I mean... Uh, he, he and the Pacers, he's just been a rock on that team. I mean, yeah, they lost the uh, uh, matchup against the uh, Thunder earlier in the week. You know, he didn't have the greatest game, but Paul George played uh, uh, played pretty well. I mean, he actually played some good team defense. Uh, like, he did a lot of things to win that game against the Pacers from uh, what I was watching. And, you know, because it was uh, along the lines of the same night that the Knicks and the Lakers were playing, but, you know, in terms of where I'm looking at, at at the NBA fantasy landscape, you know, again, you're talking about uh, uh, the Greek freak, you're going to talk about LeBron, I mean, you're going to talk about Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, those those are the obvious things, but Victor Oladipo, just because of how low <laughs> expectations uh, were set on him, the guys who drafted him are killing NBA fantasy leagues right now because how low do you get drafted and you pair him, pair him with uh, your top uh, couple of round picks? Yeah, you're killing your league this year. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that briefly because that's uh, that's one of the trends I've just been noticing with uh, the leagues as a whole. It's just uh, uh, you're, you're getting uh, a bit of a passing the torch of certain uh, players that are uh, now getting to that level. I mean, you. I, I think for the most part, you're gonna start seeing uh, 
a bit more transition in terms of top fantasy players uh, dropping off ever so slightly. You're, you're starting to see the, uh, the stats tell the story on, the, uh, especially in the point guard position, but uh, it, it's not necessarily as much of a slam dunk as it once was uh, among the top uh, point guards uh, either. So now that you got Old Depot in the mix, it's uh, it's actually shifting the balance a bit. Uh, so uh, curious to see how a redraft league would look these days because uh, Oladipo would definitely be a first-round pick, which is, I mean, if you told me that three months ago, everyone would have laughed you out of the room, including myself. But, you know, what are you going to do about that? Uh, yeah, so in terms of uh, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, you have a UFC f- uh, fight night coming up on Fox tonight. Uh, it's uh, main event. going to be Rob, uh, Rob uh, former... Uh, Former welterweight champion Robbie Lawler against uh, former lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos. A very interesting matchup just because you've got two uh, technical fighters. Lawler can uh, prefers to brawl, but he can be a technical striker as well. And Dos Anjos is a very well-versed technical striker. You know, it's one of those uh, fights where you can see a lot of exchanges I don't see either guy being able to finish the other one off. They're both really tough competitors. I think this has potential to be a very good fight. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at uh, UFC events, you're always kind of looking for matchups to see what's going to move the needle and be an interesting uh, matchup. And I think this one definitely fits the bill. So uh, we'll uh, hope for a good matchup tonight. Uh, Meanwhile, in UFC news, Conor McGregor made the announcement that uh, he was... uh, going to have his next bout be in MMA rather than boxing, so he's shooting down those Manny Pacquiao rumors. There's also talk that he's renegotiating his deal with the UFC, so he's probably, you know what, I'm I'm putting it out there right now. I think he's going to call his own shot with the UFC and basically make it a trilogy with Nate Diaz. I think he's going to avoid any dangerous fights in his opinion. I mean, the Diaz fight could be dangerous, but He's figured out that Diaz, I mean, much like any fight with the Diaz brothers, Nick or Nate, you wrestle them to the ground and then you figure out ways of smothering them so they can't uh, get off with uh, lots of uh, uh, lots of jabs and strikes on you. So uh, I think the trilogy fight is the most likely scenario uh, to result from this. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I've been wrong before, but, you know, the fact that he's renegotiating his deal... He's absolutely going to uh, be able to call whoever he wants. And uh, the biggest money fight would be the Diaz fight. I mean, he's not going to fight Ferguson. I mean, there's no, there's not enough money in it. I, I just don't see it happening. And the USC doesn't really seem to be in any sort of position to leverage anything against him because he can go out and get a, a, a show a show money for a boxing f- a match against Anyone he wants, uh, Pacquiao, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, and he can make. Uh, he ain't gonna make the hundred million he made with Floyd, but he can make somewhere around uh, seventy to eighty. That ain't money to sneeze at. So, you know, again, UFC kind of are <laughs> put into a corner where they don't really have a choice in the matter. They're gonna go with whatever Conor wants to do. So. That does it for the show today. Uh, I'm, uh, 
I know I didn't get to talk about any uh, college bowl matchups. I'm going to try to get to that uh, when I do the NFL uh, tomorrow. But uh, uh, hopefully all of you have a wonderful Saturday and enjoy everything that's uh, about to unfold. So take it easy. talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll (laughs) I'll take giselle okay is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.